Hello and welcome back to another episode of Our Two Pence. I'm Vivian. And I'm Leah. And this week we're going to be talking about work. The ghetto. (laughs) (laughs) So I got my first CV when I was in year 10. When did you get your first CV? I think it must have been around the same time. This is when your school makes you do work experience things. And you're just like getting a taste of the working world. And I only had the fact that I was a Cubs Young Leader on my CV. I don't think they even had GCSEs ready to... I think I put my GCSE predicted grades ah, onto my CV. Yeah, I did that as well. I had a I had a grid in the middle of the page, which is awful. The list of the subjects and then the predicted grades as well. But yeah. And then I ended up working at a law firm, which had nothing to do with what I wanted to do in my life. I ended up working, I think, um, in the finance department of this company, And it was so bad. Like, they let me sit in on a finance meeting. I was so bored out of my mind that I was falling asleep. You know when you're drifting out of the meeting Mm. and you're shaking your head to wake yourself up? I went to the toilet, I excused myself, sat on the toilet and just closed my eyes. (laughs) Still doing that. (laughs) Yeah. But I hate meetings. Why can't we just have this conversation? I think it's because we don't care about what the meeting is about. Yeah. So I'm like, just email me because... Mm. Why am I here? Mm. Yeah. But uh, then after that, we actually got proper jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your first ever job? My first ever job was as a waiter, waitress Ooh. at a five-star hotel. Oh, fancy. But it's one of those ones that you get through an agency. Mm. So like, I didn't apply for a five-star hotel and I got it. But then, yeah. So I used to be a tray waitress and... That is the worst job ever because you start holding the tray. You think, oh, this is really simple. Like I can do this. And then five minutes in, you're still holding a tray because if they don't collect the drinks, you just have to stand there holding a tray of six like glasses of champagne. How old were you when you were doing this? Um, I was 18. Oh, okay. It's one of those things where you don't think about it. You just assume that everyone takes the drinks and the canapes. Yeah, yeah, and it's over. But you end up sometimes when I used to tray weight wines, Oh my God, that was the hardest to get rid of because people just didn't drink wine. They would just all drink champagne. Like, do you alternate arms so that one arm is Yeah, so you become like really efficient at like moving stuff carefully because remember you can drop them as well because you have six on there. But as I got a bit pally with the manager, he would never let me tray weight. He'd just be like, "Mm, yeah, you can't tray weight anymore. I was like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? What was your first job? That's the thing. I did a Cubs Young Leader as work experience thing. Like, I didn't get paid for it. But the first job where I made money, money was as a casting assistant. Ah. So um, I did this BFI Film Academy course, met a casting director, and being a precocious 17-year-old, I just, like, walked up to him and I was like, oh, do you have an email address that I can email because I'm looking for work experience for the summer? And he was like, yeah, sure. So I did work experience with him. I remember I did my last A-level exam. And then the next day, I was going into London to start my work experience with him. Wow, this eager beaver. <laughs> so I knew that I wanted to do that for a month. I got like my my travel covered. I was in like, it was in Covent Garden. I was like, yes, look at me being fancy, um, not being paid, <laughs> but but having expenses covered. Yeah. And then at the end of that, he I went away to Italy and, he, and I came back from the holiday and he was like, do you want to stay on and work for me 
for like the rest of the summer before you go off to uni and I was like yeah sure so I was earning 50 pounds a day as a casting assistant like going to casting calls I even there was one time when he just like went away on holiday for a bit and it was me a girl who was 21 and, I, and, and another person and we basically just organized a casting call I remember just being there like these are grown men in their 30s and 40s wow. and in the room is a 17 year old and a 21, a 21 year old <laughs> imagine oh my god. in charge of who gets through to the next round wow that must have been a lot of fun for you because it's kind of in the area of what you want to do basically the gist of it is basically just doing whatever needs doing in the office um answering calls basically checking different actors availabilities noting all of that stuff down Mm. and every now and then you get to read with the actors so one of my one of my claim to fame (laughs) claims to fame is that you know the actor who played merlin yeah i read opposite him and he was he was playing a part where he was so angry at me and he was doing such a good job that i just started cheesing up and I, I, I'm so oh. surprised that he didn't break character because I was just like, <laughs> stop! And he kept going, like, I've had an actor who um, was uh, playing a position, like, position of power and he, like, moved me around and was like, oh, can I, can I, like, make this fun and interactive? So I had to kneel for him and say, my leash. He said it was for his eye line so that he knew where to look. And I'm like, if you're an acting, then you can just imagine that, that. I'm down there. <laughs> Excuse me? No way. Mm-hmm. One yeah. guy literally grabbed me from, like, because it's a camera. He literally grabbed me and was, like, acting to my face, like, like holding my hand. And I was like, oh, this is a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where the, the director that was in the room was just, like, holding in giggles until the guy left. <laughs> but, yeah, that was my first job. But, yeah, but after that, I, of course, had a series of casual jobs um, that I did before I finally got into, like, work work. Yeah, same. The ad waitressing job was a casual job. And then after that, I just went into so many customer service roles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hate customer service. Honestly, I don't recommend it. If I was to be the president of the world, I would make sure... You know how some countries have conscription? I'm like, okay, scrap that. Everybody must do two years of part-time customer service work and you rotate so you spend some time in a shop Mm -hmm. you spend some time in a bar you spend some time i don't know in a restaurant in a restaurant yeah it takes scraping other people's food off plates picking crisp packets out of people's glasses for you to really appreciate how you should be acting as a human being yeah the fact that there are people over the age of five who don't know how to clear their plates is it's just rude Mm. (laughs) it's just rude i've worked in restaurants where it's a self-clean restaurant and people still leave their plates there and it's not like you just leave your plates that you leave your plate in such a disgusting state because you don't care and i don't care how difficult your job is i mean i do care but it's also like remember that people are working here and yeah it's really really bad really really bad i think people just need to be more considerate and like it's one once you've worked in a restaurant you know that sometimes orders just get written down wrong sometimes mistakes happen sometimes food gets dropped you just become a lot more empathetic to the people that are working there yeah i i agree with you i think some everyone should have done one customer service role in their lives Mm. so they can appreciate people who are customer service facing because they don't (laughs) they don't i don't feel like i've had as like as large of an array as you but yeah. I know that after I did my my work my summer job mm. I basically landed at uni freshest week and I think I was literally I just set up my computer and my printer after my parents would drop me off and I walked to the shop and I handed in my CV 
Wow. And I got a job on the campus yeah. shop that day before mm. the, even the official applications, just because they needed someone. Mm. And that was how, like, that was my first job on campus, like my first casual, casual job. Well, second, really. Yeah. And then um, after that, I worked behind the bar and then I worked in the kitchen for a bit. But then just like the bar was my mainstay. I worked in a frozen yogurt shop and dessert shop. That's yeah. where I put on um, all the way after uni. <laughs> <laughs> it's always that one place. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I've worked as a waitress. I've worked as a chambermaid. Chambermaid? Yeah. Is that when you change the bedsheets? Yeah. It? Yeah, I've worked as a chambermaid. It's weird, man. I've worked in so many different roles. I don't even know how I land there. Is it because you quit or you go through agencies? I go through... No, but this job I got through someone who knew my mum. And I don't think my mum knows until this day what job I was doing. Because if my mum knew, she wouldn't let me do it. But the money was so good. I was like, why not? Um, so I know how to properly make a bed. <laughs> I never do it, but I know how to properly make a bed. It was weird because I used to see people's rooms at like their most vulnerable because when you wake up in the morning you just leave and there's just like things everywhere um I've worked as a bar staff I've worked in the kitchen I've worked I'm now a barista oh yep I've yeah I've done everything oh my gosh I got trained to be a barista but I just didn't just take didn't a, use it yeah I thought oh, there's this guy um that worked at our uni that literally worked on the campus shop in the campus bar in the campus cafe and he was a student advisor yeah. and he did that thing where he lived on ca- on campus and like he was the oh, resident. senior resident yeah so he did like those four or five different things and yeah. I thought oh I can be like him I can work in the bar and the shop and the I ended up just giving up and working in the bar I don't know how he did that because he was also studying chemistry is that is that the chemistry guy he was also studying chemistry there must have been multiple because the guy that i'm thinking of studied a master's degree in business wow this person i'm thinking of he studied chemistry which is mad mm. i could not survive even with a bar job and studying chemistry at the same time so yeah in all, all in all casual jobs were good because it was a good place to like make friends you didn't really care too much it was flexible roles and valuable skills mm-hmm. like I'm really glad I worked as a waitress because now I understand how a restaurant works and I'm not as I'm, I'm not a bitch basically when I go to order my food <laughs> and even with a barista like now I understand different types of coffees and coffees that I like and how to make them and like different people's orders and be more aware of like allergies and stuff like that and then as a bar staff I don't drink but I know so much about like wine spirits and all of that jazz so I really really enjoyed it especially like at the beginning of like my working life I'm glad I got to experience loads of different roles yeah I feel like at uni working is so valuable especially because we worked for the student union yeah so we got excellent pay and then it was excellent. It was the living wage where most people are earning the minimum wage. We were earning the no, living wage. No, it was excellent. On top of that, we got holiday pay. <laughs> we got holiday pay, yeah. So it was the living wage. And then literally at the end of every term, they would give us the little 15% bonus on top of everything. Yeah. So it was a fantastic job. And for me, it was basically like a society. So the same way that people mm. like put so much effort into like hockey or so much effort into like football or netball, I was like, I I worked so much that I had to be told, there you can't work this many hours. <laughs> and I was like, why? Especially in your third year, they had to ban some of you people from working. They sent out an email, but they didn't blind copy everyone. They let they they cc'd everyone so that we could see each other. So and know you that know, we were, <laughs> everyone knew that we were the most hardworking people on the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that I feel like the thing that I most appreciated about these casual jobs is 
I'm the kind of person that's motivated by this amount of effort gets this result. So yeah. I had a spreadsheet and I knew, okay, I've clocked in at this time, this time, worked out the timing. And I knew at the end of every pay period, I calculated exactly how much I was going to get out. So I had like a goal of, oh, I want to get a minimum of 20 hours a week. I want to get a minimum yeah. of this. So it's good for that. Yeah. I think it's good for like, yeah, hourly work where, mm-hmm. you know, okay, I have a few hours after this lecture, I can go and I can earn 50 pounds. Great. Let me go and let me do that. Or I need to be able to afford my rent this month. How many hours do I need to do to do that? And it's not as much as like people are annoying. It's not difficult work, depending on what you're doing. It's mm-hmm. not, it's never like tiresome on your brain. It's just, you make a drink, you go about your business or you serve someone food and you go about your business yeah it's tiresome on your patience yeah more than anything more than anything and once you leave you're gone it's it's never a thing but i guess with us it was always fun because it was like a little community and everyone knew each other and we would go out and stuff and we were friends (laughs) yes that's how we met yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah no i really appreciate the casual jobs that i did because it allowed me to develop necessary people skills and then also the stark contrast of when you go into a nine to five, like stable salary job is yes, you're earning the same amount of money each month, but, and that's amazing for like the first two months. And then you real well, for me anyway, I realized that my motivation can just dip. Yeah. Like there's certain, there's certain like two week periods where I'm like, I've done Nothing. barely anything <laughs> and I'm not going to get paid, paid the same amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no 100 going into a nine to five and getting paid every month is like amazing the stability the fact that you can be like let me plan so many months in ahead because you know you have money coming Mm. in it's really really and it's really nice to have a routine to begin with before it gets a bit like okay i need to switch things up again but it's nice to have a routine to know what you have to do in work and be able to work towards something i guess well, before I got into my first nine to five job, I, when I finished uni, you have that really, really awkward period of when you're doing casual work and applying for like proper, proper serious jobs. Yeah. I keep saying everybody needs to talk about this awkward post-uni blues more yeah, because we don't really hear about this enough. No, we don't. And I've just graduated this year and I've met people who also graduated this year and they're like, why is it that nobody speaks about the post-uni depression and the post-uni search for jobs and working in roles that you're not really that happy with, but you're going to do them because you need a, you need money and you don't have student finance anymore. It's so weird because uni, you're in this bubble. Even when we're working, we're still in this bubble and then that bubble breaks and they're like, oh, cool, you're good now. They take off your training wheels without really giving you any tools to you know navigate life with. And they're like, oh, okay, cool, you're good to go now. You're out there like, okay, what do I do? Who do I go to? Where do I speak to? I'm now in a responsible adult. How does that work? It's just the time scale. I mean, also moving back in with your parents, that's yeah. a shock. Having to now be under their rules again, all of that business. I remember I finished uni in, in July. Like that was when I handed in my last piece of coursework. So in July of 2017, I didn't get my first proper, proper job until February of 2018. So that's a long chunk of time that I was working in a frozen yogurt shop and I was working in a Vietnamese restaurant and doing a bit of a Jamaican restaurant, like just doing bits and pieces. It's when people ask you, what are you doing? The comparison really, I think I just, I just didn't look at LinkedIn. Mm, I was going to say LinkedIn, terrible. I went to a networking event a couple of weeks ago and everyone just kept asking me like, so what are you doing? And I was just like, um nothing does that 
but why am I here? And then you hear people like, oh yeah, you know, I'm the personal assistant to the, you know, ex president of Nigeria and I work for HSBC so this was one of the girls and other people like oh I'm an artist and I do this and that oh yeah you know I work for this marketing company and you just feel like I know I'm good and I know that I'm gonna get a job but it's really difficult when you're in situations and people are proudly saying what they're doing as they should but it's weird because you're not there and you're you have no mechanism to get there yet uh yeah that's really tough and it's okay to flounder. It's okay to find your feet because, in the grand scheme of things, that was what, like, what a nine month or so period. Yeah. And I needed the rest. If I'm honest, by the time that I finally got into my full time job, I was like, oh yeah, I needed chunks of time where I would just work for ten hours in a week and like laze about and just just relax and yeah. enjoy because when they, it hits you, it really really hits you. Because I also ended up moving to Cardiff for my first time job, mm. so that was like having to like get my shit together, live in a hostel, look for like like real big grown up people things. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think there should be more said for people taking time out and that being okay like it being okay for you to say actually i'm going to take six months after i've graduated to do fuck all and i don't want people to question me and say why are you doing this because it feels good not to do anything because as much as at uni people say you don't have to go to lectures the fact is you still have lectures you just decided not to attend them but the gratification that comes from waking up any day and thinking I actually have to do nothing today is so satisfying so satisfying and it's the fact that you're never gonna get that again until you retire exactly it's literally once you enter the working world you're on the machine you're on the machine and then even if you stop working most people most women tend to stop working because they have kids and then you always have something going on with them and and it's basically until they flee the nest and you retire that you get time to do fuck all again of course yeah and it's okay (laughs) it's okay to take time out um but yeah it's it's i think it's difficult for people to navigate those feelings especially after because i remember the stress that you were under when you were looking for your first full-time job you were like oh my god if i hate this you know place that i work at because it was weird at the time and just feeling like you had to do something next like what's the next step what's the next step what's the next step and it's so important um I think even in this small period that I took out I realized the importance of just stepping back and just being like it's okay not to always have a next step especially after university definitely definitely just take the time to enjoy enjoy the peace and quiet guys (laughs) watch Netflix in peace (laughs) watch it in peace it feels really good it does. Yeah. And for me, it was harder because I just come from a nine to five. So, okay, scrap all of that. No, going back, okay, just explain. So basically, when I was going through this, this was a couple of years ago, this was from 2017 when I finished uni. Yeah. I went into casual work and then from then on, I just entered full-time work. Whereas Vivian, in 2017, as part of my degree, I had to take a year out and work in a pharmaceutical industry or any industry that related to my degree. So I was working in a full-time job and studying at the same time, also in Wales. <laughs> uh, so that was really different because I was 19 or 20 at the time, being thrown into nine to five, but also still have to go home and study and do exams and do tests and everything. Big eye-opener. And then obviously then you went back to student life and then you left uni and left you uni. decided to do fuck all, yeah. as you should. yeah. Which I'm still doing. No, but if, imagine you were so busy for so long. I've This is the thing. I've been so busy for so long. It's nice to not do anything. And even like when I speak to people who didn't have kind of the crazy schedule that I did during my degree, 
they talk about how nice it was for them to not do anything even after a three-year degree of just you know that's just that normal linear type of degree programs that people do so yeah I definitely needed this time off (laughs) but one thing that we did both learn from entering the 95 Mm. me still being in it and Viv and her and her year in industry is some of the wake-up calls and the lessons that come (laughs) with that lifestyle You know what? If you're going to take anything away from this episode is that a closed mouth does not get fed. Mm-hmm. Open your mouths and speak, people. These companies are not loyal to you. They're loyal to money. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, basically, just because I looked at, like, different finance things and watched, like, the, the financial diet on YouTube, I knew from my first salary that I had to negotiate. Yeah. And I was so proud. I, like, managed to negotiate up from my original salary to, like, £750 extra. £750 you wouldn't have gotten without mm-hmm. opening your mouth. Yeah. I just kept quiet. And then, obviously, now, <laughs> just finding out you had a period where you found out that other people were getting paid and you weren't yeah so basically how my placement worked i found it through an agency i won't plug them because no um (laughs) i found it through an agency and the agency is mainly for europeans wanted to work in the uk so it's very unusual for a uk person to go through that type of agency so with my company they basically hire people on the basis that they will pay for their expenses so travel rent but that's it you don't get remuneration for any work that you do there and I thought oh that's fine like oh my my parents can just support me for the rest of the year the fact that I don't have to think about like tuition fees and stuff fantastic and then a couple of months in I realized that people were getting paid first of all people don't tell you everything so your colleagues can be your friends but you still have to be your own friend in certain situations so people weren't really telling me what was going on with like negotiation and pay and everything and it took me like I think I discussed it with you I discussed it with my mom I discussed it with my housemate she was just like yo you need to say something because you're doing the exact same job as them and you're not getting paid for it and that doesn't make sense considering they will be getting paid and you guys will be doing the same thing so I ended up having a conversation and they did decide to pay me but what I realized from that conversation was that I got no pushback the HR lady didn't say, but you know, we signed you based on the fact that you weren't going to get paid. She didn't say, you're not working hard enough. She didn't even question me asking her. So it just took me having the balls and saying something to get paid. But that just also showed me that these companies don't care because I could have worked there for nine months and gotten zero, nothing, nada. And they knew that I should have been getting paid. So... That was a big eye-opener for me. Definitely. And then there's also other little things like pensions, benefits. I remember my company Mm. just automatically enrolled me in my pension scheme because I just didn't think about it at all. But then when all of a sudden my paycheck shrunk a bit, I was like, oh, okay. Who's taking my money? (laughs) Let me start paying attention. Yeah. But then you see, you're like, okay, how can I actually make the most of what is being given to me and I was like okay while I'm here it's one of those things where when it comes to money I'm so good at thinking about things for future future me Mm. so I can as long as I'm able to I'm good at taking things out of my own hands and passing them on to higher power Mm. but then when it comes to me day-to-day control completely different story (laughs) but 
one thing that I did do was I maxed out my company's contribution to my pension. Yeah. So with the company that I work at, I put in 8% of my salary and they put in 10%. And that's the maximum. If I put in 9%, they'll still put in 10. If I put in 12, 20%, they'll still put in 10. So that's what I maxed out that contribution. And it means that like, literally, I think within maybe two years, it's not even been two years of being there. No. Just casually, not even thinking about it, having just signed up for this thing, I've saved almost five grand. It's crazy. For, towards my pension. Just from not... Just from... Not being active. Mm. This is this is even a company pension. This is, we're not even talking about stocks and shares and investments mm. that you will do in the future. It's amazing. From just being like... This is money that would have just been sitting there that they are, they allocate in their budget to pay towards people's pensions. pensions yeah. It's just because I was... I, I just took... The, I didn't even take the time. Mm. Just because they started docking my salary, putting pension money in anyway, that I looked at it and I actually read the presentation and was like, oh... This is something that I can use to my advantage. Yeah. And again, salaries also just aren't talked about. Like, <sighs> there's this one girl that I assumed, I assumed she was so confident. I assumed that she negotiated her salary and to find out that she didn't. Yeah. And also in my the company that I worked out, there was um, a situation happening where, so basically say one person in the company is at middle level, they get promoted. So then everyone else is acting up in the role above them right. until they properly advertise the roles. Okay. So people were acting up in those roles to basically doing the role of the job above them and not getting paid any extra money. I've heard of so many companies who do that. And that's an abuse of power. And the fact is that the, when they did that before, they paid people a little bit extra on top. There was also another guy that we worked with who found out that he was being paid like five to ten grand less than he was expecting to be and he only found out when he went to another company so please literally look at these things look at your pay look at the benefits that are available to you talk to your colleagues yeah it's funny you you mention well it's not for but it's meant you mentioned the whole people working up because and then being getting paid for it before but they're not being paid for it anymore i think that's also to do with like work culture like people speaking like oh yeah i got to my role because i started working up so then you think that for you to get to the next role, you have to work up. And then the company are like, why should we pay people if they're willing to do this on their own accord, which is not right. Yeah, that's really weird. And then also when you're going from one position, you're acting up and then you apply for the next position up within that same company. Yeah. The pay bump is quite small. Mm. Whereas if you were to then go to another company, yeah. you can command a, a, a higher price as an outsider to the company. Yeah, because you're coming with experience and knowledge anyway. Yeah. Speak to people. I think the taboo around politics, money. You know how people are like, you never, you should never ask someone how much they're getting paid. That must have been, you know, doctored by a company or the society because it's silly that we don't talk about how much we get paid especially if you're working in the same company because the only reason why someone is getting paid five to ten grand less than they should be is because people aren't speaking about their pay it's literally because of that i was so grateful when there was a um a woman in our office beth and she i don't know i think this was drinks like there was a group of us there and she actually spoke numbers mm. and she said okay this is the salary that i'm on and when another um person was acting up applied for the role that was the same as hers she went up to her and said this is the amount of money that i'm being paid this is what your target is so that she wouldn't get screwed over yeah because it's so easy to glass door is your best friend 
Use Glassdoor, use it wisely, use it to compare companies, use it as a strengthening position. So like the person you was, your colleague that you're speaking about, he didn't know what his worth was because he was at your company for so long and didn't even bother looking elsewhere. And it's that mentality of being stable and being comfortable that you don't even think looking outside could do you any good. You're sort of like, oh my God, am I being disloyal to my company? It's like, this company is not loyal to you. There are very few companies that are loyal to their, you know, staff members. And I feel like in my particular field, because I, I work in TV. Yeah. The way that our contracts work, we feel that even more. Yeah. So we have like 12 month contracts and so on. So it's like, will you get renewed? Won't you get renewed? It's one of those things where I'm realizing constantly be open, be looking, be doing other things on the side because it's not guaranteed. Yeah. You realize that you could be the most amazing person at this job. Right. But someone might not have your back, but some also they can only have your back to a certain extent. That's the thing, because at the end of the day, it's about them as well. <laughs> like they have to put stuff on the line to help you. And it takes a level of strength to be like, actually, this is how much I'm getting paid. Have you thought about asking for this much or whatever? Because people don't speak about it. There's There's a weird taboo around pay and it shouldn't be there. I feel like I first experienced this in my first work experiencing. I said, oh yeah, my expenses were covered, but I didn't, that wasn't always the case going in. Mm. So it was when I was doing my work experience, this was as a casting assistant, that um, another girl that was working there, Heather, she turned to me, I think it was one time when we were alone in the office and she said, Leah, so um, um, what are you getting paid? And I said, oh, I'm not getting paid anything. And she said, okay you need to at least get your expenses covered if you're doing work experience. And I remember just being like, okay, then I'm really sure. Um, but that's not what we decided. And she was like, no, no, no. Find a time when it's just you and the boss in the office and you need to speak to him and you need to ask about getting some form of compensation. Yeah. And I think it took me maybe a week or so yeah. to build up the courage to go up to it's him and hard. be like... And it, even then it was so it was so much like, yeah, sure, cool. Just, Just... He just, you know. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how they don't, they don't push back. They don't say, how dare you are, because I don't know, we create a monster in our heads and we just expect that you go to have this conversation and they'll be like, how dare you ask to be compensated for a job that you're doing? You can leave right now. No, because they know it's the correct thing to do. You asking for your, at least your expenses, because you're 17 years old at the time. How were you ever going to be able to cover those costs if they didn't help you somehow i was so lucky that my dad as long as it was something to do with my development he just paid for it yeah so if it was oh i need to do this course on the side he paid for it oh i need to have i'm doing work experience can you please book my like buy my train ticket he paid for it yeah so i got to keep the reimbursed money it was only it was only <laughs> what like for a month-long travel card 250 pounds or something. Mm. i mean it's fine mm. but it's money that you wouldn't have gotten if you didn't have that conversation yeah. and it's just the start of everything so for me i've never had to discuss pay benefits even you know expenses being covered i've never had to discuss it until i got to my first job so that took me like a month it took me a month to have that conversation and every now and then i've, I've just been lucky to be in the position to have had guardian angels to have had a heather to have had a beth to have had uh chelsea fagan of the financial diet just whispering in my ear like ask for more do better do, do better like, yeah it's just I've also, like, there's this one work experience thing that I did was work experience for this film production company for a month. 
And I had to walk a dog twice a day. Imagine. It was a great experience. It genuinely led me, like put me on the track to getting jobs because I met someone there who recommended me for a job that I did for the summer and that like snowballed and went on mm. and like basically kickstarted my career. But the accountant there was so great. He basically was just like, he covered my my travel in and out. He covered my food. I used to just walk in and around central London, finding cute, cool places to eat, bring him my receipt. He paid me back. Imagine. He'd be like, oh Leah, did you use your phone today? You did? Pay me back, reimburse me for the phone. Oh, I had to bring my laptop in for one day. Leah, you brought in your laptop, reimburse me. Like, wow. Mm. Yeah. So there's every now and then, like, I've just had gems of people who have had my back. Yeah. And I hope to be that gem for other people as well because it's so important. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I, I strive to be. There's this one girl that I was so shocked. She just was so confident. It never occurred to me that she wouldn't. Negotiate, yeah, because it's it's not in our vocabulary. It's it negotiate and pay seems like something you do when you're well accomplished and you have something behind you, and it's like no, <laughs> it's because women don't negotiate pay that their yeah. baseline is lower than. So basically, you're putting your starting line behind other people. Other people, because yeah. say for instance, even if you wherever you start at, say for instance, if the company, if you have bonuses on top, if you have pay increases of a certain percentage, if you start off less than, even if you get the same pay percentage increase as other people, you'll still be behind. You'll still be behind, and you can't start low. You shouldn't start low. Always. And the thing is, you have nothing to lose. If they decide not to give you an offer because you asked for more, yes, that's scary and that's really shitty. But guess what? That's not a company you want to work for because it means down the line, they'll never realise your worth. I feel like, if anything, um, I had a, um, I had a more of a back and forth negotiating the salary from my second job. And in the end, it ended up basically just being like the HR person basically was just, just made it clear of the boundaries. Mm. She didn't say, nope, we don't want to give you this job. Yeah. She just more reaffirmed, this is the maximum, maximum that we, that can, we do. can do. Yeah. Same. I think when I finally, so I did that and they told me how much it was. And even then I didn't negotiate the pay. I was just so happy that I was finally getting paid, but I really could have negotiated if I wanted. So like in jobs going further from that, when I negotiated, she was like, oh yeah, you know, we have boundaries and we have like an eternal equity thing going on here. So you can't really get paid more than we've offered you. And I was just like, okay, well, if you get the number right, then we can have a discussion. And they increased it. It wasn't by a massive amount, but the fact that they increased it shows that they value me at their company. And now I'm starting at a level that could be level pegging as what people are there already, but I wouldn't have known either way because people don't have those conversations. And it's money, extra money that you get just for asking. Like in my case, they didn't say no. They just said, I, even though I got like the, I got a little bit above the maximum. Yeah. Just because of like a technicality. But it's, in the end, it's like that, it was ended up being like what? Four a bit grand over what they initially offered me? Wow. Four grand. Mm. Are you hearing this? Four thousand pounds just from asking. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's actually amazing. Wow. And it's a it's a drop in the bucket for these type of companies as well. It, it doesn't really is. It doesn't Sometimes change anything. You, you see their budgets and you look at how much they spend on trains or how much they spend on sandwich platters, how much they spend on meeting rooms, and you're just like, ah? You want to cry over my four thousand or two thousand pounds? I'm like, literally, just with the budget of hotels that you send people to sleep in. Yeah, you could pay my salary maybe twice fold. Imagine. 
imagine and it's not to say that these companies are necessarily bad or anything it's just knowing your worth and knowing what the climate is for your field so obviously if you're let's say I'm gonna say chemistry because I I have a chemistry background but if you're like a fresh graduate maybe with a BSc and you're gonna go into I don't know a small company asking for like a 30k salary is a bit much because it's a it's a small company you can ask for it but don't be surprised if they come back with like 22 because it's a small company you're a fresh graduate if you have no experience what are they basing that 30k salary on so you have to be also like you were in a good position for your second role because you'd done the job before you did it very well you knew what the climate was you knew it was like a bigger opportunity depend like do you know what i mean so it wasn't mad for you to ask for more money and it was also moving from cardiff to london exactly when you move to london companies allocate like they they just give you extra money because yeah. they know that living in london is more yeah. costly yeah so a um, uh, a part of me pushing for that was because I knew how much it was going to cost to stay in London, tra- like have transport in London, all of those things. Yeah. Take that into account as well. Like when you're moving out of an area that you're you're living in. So yeah, for example, if you're moving from Cardiff to London where the expense is shooting up, literally ask for more money. If you have to commute every day and it's not a thing where you can move to the city or whatever, ask for more. Because even if they give you £500 more, that can cover your travel, literally. I mean, on top of that, it's not all... If they can't offer you money, ask for other ways to be compensated. Yeah. You can also, like, they can offer you um, help with travel. Some people will even offer you flexible working. Yeah. Well, you should be having flexible working. So it could be like, okay, um, the tra- the travel is really going to be affecting me. Is it okay if I work from home one day a week, mm-hmm. two days a week? That can be a part of your negotiation. It doesn't yeah. always have to be monetary not everything that's going to benefit you is just an increase in pay. A hundred percent. It could also be a title change. It could be a title change. It could be monetary. It could be holiday pay. It could be more benefits. You know, it could be healthcare. Think about, get creative with things that are important to you in a workplace. But obviously that comes from actually working a nine to five and realizing it would be nice to stay home once a week. If I can work from home, why not? So yeah. And one thing about the working world, this is a bit of a sidestep, is when everybody is working and like you have your friendship group, remember that everyone has a different starting line for different for different types of work, for different sectors. Mm-hmm. So for, I'm going to just throw this out there. So I had a friend who I would see on Instagram going to like dinners, going for drinks regularly. And I'm like looking at my budget like, what? Like, how, how am I not able to afford how, this? How am I not yeah. able to afford this? And it was literally her transparency of being like, hey, I'm a pharmacist. This is the ballpark of what we pay, were being paid. It was like 40, it was in the late 40,000 pounds mm. that I was like, okay, cool. Me and my and my 22,000 pounds will, will, will just shut up then <laughs> in my head. <laughs> no, it's in like, it's one of those things where just hearing, I feel like friends need to be, honest about their working hours and their pays with each other because it just makes it so that you don't judge each other as much it's not like that way when you're going out for dinner with someone you're not thinking let's go you it sounds horrible to be like we go for certain places with this person certain places with this but just so that you don't make people feel uncomfortable or that you you are more aware of their pockets you don't think that this xyz person is just a downer because of x y and z you just you know their pocket size so it just makes things a lot more transparent a lot clearer i was so grateful to her for 
to her for letting me know because it put everything into perspective mm. it went from seeing everyone as equals like how am I not able to keep up with my peers to mm. being like okay cool she's in this amazing position congratulations to her. she's even earning more money now now yeah <laughs> look at god <laughs> but it's like now i know it's like okay let me stay in my own lane mm. i know if i want to do something with her maybe we might have to do a bit fancier maybe she might come down to my level it's about that balance of yeah. going up like being splurging a little being a little bit more practical with where you're going and stuff like that yeah, just depending 100%. on that's just one example yeah 100 percent. no you make you make a lot of good points with that because i think a lot in friendship groups money again isn't spoken enough like we don't speak enough about money we don't speak enough about like savings and financial goals so like you said someone might seem like a deadbeat downer because they don't want to go clubbing or they don't want to do this but it's because they haven't necessarily been transparent about maybe their budgeting and people don't have to be so open about their personal lives but just saying you know what guys I'm just not in a financial position to afford this and being clear. And if somebody is a good friend of yours, they will understand where your standings are. But you know, you're right. We're all starting from completely different points and it's kind of unreasonable to expect that we're all going to be able to spend in the same way for the same things because some people have different priorities. So JC and I can spend a thousand pounds on holiday, but going to a restaurant and spending a thousand pounds jc is not going with me mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just different things like that yeah yeah i feel like definitely like i'm more of like an ex- i'm the kind of person where i'm like i want a little bit of luxury all along so i'm like i didn't go on holiday but i had pole classes yeah <laughs> like every week <laughs> and like flexibility classes yeah and it's okay mm-hmm. it's okay um i remember i was listening on the receipts and they, they were saying that they hate when people count their like count their money and I hate that as well do you know when you say to someone oh I can't afford this and they're like yeah but you did this stuff last week it's like yeah so (laughs) I can decide what I want to spend my money on and that's okay and you should live within your means or beyond whatever you want to do I honestly feel like friendship groups would be able to so save so much money if just four months of the year spread them out if just in those four months they decided that we're not going to go out out we're going to just do that that month is going to be a time to just hang out in each other's houses yeah people would save so much money people save so much money we're not even like going outy outy type of people but i imagine those people who go out every week nice dinners going clubbing drinking oh my goodness how much money could they save if they just stayed home but again we're 23 living young you know do your thing sis <laughs> and i just want to clarify the 22k that i was earning was in cardiff that was cardiff wage yeah obviously i'm earning a london wage now yeah sis got her race i didn't want people to think that you go working in tv and you earn like what 12k i was like no that's not <laughs> no don't do it don't do that but yeah, in, in talking about like colleagues and stuff, there's a lot to be said for work culture. Like, bruv, it's so different from university. I had a unique situation in the sense that when I went through this agency, basically what they do is they have landlords everywhere in the UK and they put all the people, the interns, that's what we're called, they put all of us together in a house. So I was living, working, hanging out going you know going to places with my colleagues every single day and it's amazing because I don't think I could have done it with a different set of people I don't know if everybody feels the same way but we all just got on so well that it didn't feel weird that I would see these people every single day 
all day. <laughs> Literally, we'd wake up together, get ready to go to work together. We'd go to work together. We'd talk on our way to work together. We're at work together. We have lunch together. We go home together. We talk on the bus to home, on the home, on the way home together. We get home together. We have a shower, obviously separately. <laughs> oh, together. together. <laughs> uh, we make dinner together. And then obviously I you know, take refuge in my bedroom because I'm like, this is the only, like, four hours that I get to myself. And they're like, Viv, why are you always in your room? And I'm like, why are you not always in your room? <laughs> but that is definitely true. The amount of space that people need is different. Yeah. So I have a very, very social, kind of close-knit office. Mm. Well, just, sorry, team. My team is roughly around, like, seven, eight people. Yeah. And they, like, that's the thing. We don't, like, have all of that much time together because we all commute and obviously live in different places. Mm. But we're in the office together all day. Yeah. And then they'll have lunch together. And then some of them will commute home together. I've, just just to me personally, mm. that's a bit too much time. Yeah. I'm, like, the kind of person where they'll be like, oh, do you want to come for lunch? And I'll be like, no. I'm okay. At first I lied. And I'd be like, oh, I'll join you, I'll join you guys in a bit. <laughs> Knowing full well. Knowing full well. And then when they would come back into the office, that's when I would pick up my things to go eat lunch and I'd be like, bye guys. But eventually you just get to the point where you're like, guys, I just need an hour to myself, please. Yeah. And they get it. That's the thing. And even when you're walking to work, um, it's not every time that you want to have a conversation with someone. Like I'll be the kind of person where even walking home from work where me and someone are leaving at the same time, I'll be like, do you want to chat or do you just want to listen to something and like just pretend that we don't see each other? And she was like, oh no, let's have a chat. It was great. But then there's other times in the morning where I'm listening to something in my headphones. Another colleague of mine, we're in the, literally the same office. We like sit like a meter and a half away from each other. We see each other. You smile. You just act like you don't see each other until you get into the office. That's when you take off your your headphones. Yeah. That's when you take off your coat and you say, hi, how are you? Yeah. Because it just, for me, it feels like the moment that you start speaking to your colleagues, that's when your workday begins. Same. So I never stopped working. <laughs> essentially no but it's weird because with our relationship we were able to switch from work to home and i guess because our company was so small there was all it was so much drama for such a small company <laughs> so there was always something i guess interesting to talk about um but no i wouldn't recommend living with your colleagues going out with your colleagues because it can get quite messy especially like if you have moments where you don't get on with your colleagues and you have to see them at home whilst you're going to make your chicken, it's not very, yeah. No, we don't recommend. <laughs> but yeah, it's another thing. Just like communicate, be open with your needs. Like sometimes they'll be like, ha ha ha, Leah hates us. And I'm like, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I just need some time, guys. It's yeah. Also, when the more tired I am, the more time I like to spend by myself. Yeah, because... It's a lot of effort speaking to people. And I I think enough people just don't, aren't honest with themselves that it takes energy to keep up with someone, to ask people questions, to come up with conversations. Sometimes you just want to be in your own space, not think about anything and just breathe. But that's the thing. I feel like some of them have gotten lucky and they like they knew each other before. So they've literally just gelled. They're like best friends. Right. So I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to Aldi. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, there's sometimes when I spend time with them, I'm like, this is great. This is so much fun. Mm. But then it's just sometimes I'm like, please let me recharge my batteries. Yeah. And you feel bad. And this is why I know that that situation was so unique because now the people that I work with, 
they'll be like, oh Viv, wait up, like, we can go home together. And I'll be like, in my head, I'll be thinking, why? Why do you want to go home with me? Like, no offense to them. I don't, I don't think there's anything, they're great people. But once I leave the premises of my work, I don't want to speak to anyone. I don't even want to speak to my mum until I get home. Like, I can text them, mommy, I'm on my way home, blah, blah, blah. But having a conversation just takes so much effort, especially with your colleagues, because now you have to try and figure out something to say that isn't work-related, outside of work. It's just, it's not fun. But yeah, be open about how you're feeling and stuff. But I feel like most workplaces tend to be well, the ones that I've experienced have been pretty open, pretty welcoming. They've been socials, they've been gatherings, people yeah. have made an effort. Like there've been times, like I, I always make like a mental tally of things that happen to me, good and bad from people above me that I think about what I'm going to do when I'm in a position of power. Yeah. Yeah. So when I started that um, job in Cardiff, it was great. People were like, oh, let's all go for drinks. And a person like, like a, a producer was basically like let me let me take care of you bought me a wrap, like bought drinks like made sure that I was looked after like was like let me like actively getting to know me mm-hmm. st- type stuff so I'm like yeah. that really meant so much to me that I'm like when I'm in a position of power and there's someone new in the office who is new to the area as well I'm gonna be like guys we're all going out buy a round of drinks be like hi how are you what do, like what do, what you, do you want what yeah. do you want what do you need yeah no, it's really, really nice um, when you have people who are just able to show you around, uh, help you with money and not necessarily give you money, but when you go out and you're buying rounds and stuff, you're like, oh my God, I'm supposed oh, to buy Oh, I don't rounds. buy rounds. I don't buy rounds. I don't do it. I go up and I buy my own drink and I come back and I sit and with I my sit own down. drink. Yeah. And I feel bad. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> what I feel bad about is I sometimes I'm like, am I a selfish person? Because... Fair enough, I don't drink hot beverages. Mm. So the time that I go up and get a hot beverage is an emergency. Like when I like when I have coffee, it's because I need the caffeine. Like I don't like the taste of coffee. Mm. So I will just go up randomly and get one. And then I'll come back in and then I'll realise every time these people leave the room, they're like, Hi, does anyone want a coffee? Does anyone want a tea? And I'm like, it just completely skips my mind. But I think it's performative. To some extent. Yeah. I don't think like you really want to make tea and coffee for 500 people because if you're working in a big office space you've got what like 10 15 people i think it's performative i think people do it because you think it's supposed it's something you're supposed to do fair enough if there's like three of us in a room and we're communicating or we're in a meeting or something you're like oh would you like a tea or would you like a coffee that makes a bit more sense but to get up every single time it's it's nice but i think it's performative i think it's something that people do because they feel like they have to do it not necessarily because they want to and you just haven't subscribed to that idea. Thank you for validating <laughs> me. But yeah, um, rounds of drinks, I don't do it. It's not yeah. in my budget. I only do it when there's... Like, the only time that I've done rounds of drinks is when there's been three people, including myself, going out for cocktails. And yeah. we've all gone for, like, the same two-for-one thing. So we know that it's going to come round back to us, if that makes sense. Yeah, so somebody... You all are paying basically the same amount of money. Mm. But yeah. But that whole, like, buying drinks thing, it starts from so young. We saw it at the bar where we worked, where people would just literally go around buying drinks for friends. Sometimes not even friends, when they would get stupidly drunk. Acquaintances. Literally. So... I think it's because... I think it's very much a cultural thing, because we didn't grow up 
with what well, my parents don't drink. I'm assuming no. your parents don't. So we didn't grow up in like pub culture. People like no. buy. I'm like buy rum for what? For what reason? Even me. <laughs> How many drinks am I gonna drink by myself? To be by around. That's why I love Weatherspoons. Yeah. And also, you know how you said that we need colleagues in work to help us with money? Guys, know your pocket. Sometimes we've had work dinners. Only go to the work dinner if you can afford to go mm. to the work dinner. I was at work dinner. I worked out exactly how much I could afford. Like I had maybe, let's say I had £23 left in my bank account. Right. So I went to the work dinner I ordered my starter, my main. I knew I could get a dessert and a lemonade and it would be covered. Then people start bringing bottles of wine. Mm-mm. And I'm like, cool. I'm looking around. I've seen the price of the wine. I'm like, if it all averages out, then I'll pay maybe two pounds. So yes, I'll have a bit of wine. Mm. Then someone brings another bottle of wine. I'm like, yeah, cool. I have a little bit of wine. Then the bill comes. The bill comes. There's gratu- There's yeah, the gratuity added on top. On top. Yep. But then on top of that, with the first bottle of wine that was had by six people, mm. the second bottle of wine was only had by three people. Mm-hmm. So people are doing the math and then the end total amount of money ended up being like, I don't know, let's say £26. Right. So I'm like, oh God. Fuck, yeah. I, literally, I'm at the very bottom barrel of my overdraft, like looking around, looking left, looking right. What am I going to do? Mm. Should I just put my card in and hope that I get over over overdraft yeah and that everything will be fine i panicked i panicked i panicked i panicked i literally just had that like 23 pound on me Mm. um luckily i had beth to turn to and i whispered i said beth can i please borrow three pounds (laughs) or whatever amount of money it was yeah and she was like sure got it by the time that it got it she gave me the money like discreetly quietly so that I could the panic that was in my chest and people went out for drinks afterwards and I went and I took my ass home <laughs> so just be wary when you're going to these big drinks because there's going to be big dinners they I feel like there isn't necessarily as much consideration for the people who are on the lower end of the pay spectrum when yeah. when bills are just split willy-nilly yeah yeah that whole bill split thing it never it's never fair that's just that's just what it is it's never fair unless it's a group of people and you've all decided okay we're all gonna drink tonight we're all gonna do this and everybody does it that's only the time when it's equal i had a similar experience but i i spoke out (laughs) my my boss at the time she had a birthday dinner and there was i think about 12 to 15 of us so everybody was ordering wines, everything. I don't drink. I literally planned my meal. I said, this meal is going to cost me £6.95. If I pay gratuity on top. Gratuity? <laughs> gratuity. Wow. Gratuity on top. Service charge, isn't it? <laughs> you might know that. Yeah, if I was to pay service charge on top, maybe it would cost me like £8. That's fine. Because at this time, I wasn't getting paid. I was working for free. And I just didn't have the money to like go out and have a nice dinner. Then they wanted to go and bring the bill and they said, oh, that would be £15 per person. I said, hold on a minute. I didn't drink. I am not paying £15. I'm going to pay my £8. It didn't even come up to it. It was like £7.50. I was like, I'm going to pay my £7.50 because I didn't drink. And our relationship was frosty since that day. So I don't know. Maybe it's because I didn't pay for her wine, but I don't really care. I just yeah. feel like 
I've had, a, I also had another experience. It, it really depends on the group of people that you're with. 100%. Because I did work experience at this company where I did not have the money to go out. Like, this is the thing. This work experience that I was doing was, again, just covering expenses. Mm-hmm. It wasn't um, actually paying me. So I took time off work. This was a position where I wasn't having my dad because this was before I was, like, when I finished uni, before I started my proper job. So I had a part-time job at the frozen yogurt shop. So I had my own money. I was paying for my own train tickets there and for like back and forth. Like this, no, this company wasn't even covering expenses. Oh yeah, they were. They weren't covering expenses. They weren't, they weren't compensating me in any way, shape or form. It was just work experience. So I was paying to be there essentially. Mm. And they were like, oh, we're all going out for dinner. And I pulled my boss aside and I said, I'm sorry, I can't afford to go. Mm. Like I, I just, I don't have the money. I think she knew that I was, that I, that she knew that I wasn't going to be paid to be there. On top of that, I was working on the weekends. It was a two-week placement, so I knew I'd planned to work around the the work experience whenever I could. And luckily, she was like, okay, no, come, I'll pay for you. Mm. Order what you... like." She wasn't like, oh, no. She was like, order what you want, I'll pay for you. Yeah. Of course, I ate with... I ordered the cheapest thing on the menu. Of course, you I, always did. And I ate yeah. with small, small chest. But it's just... <laughs> You know when you just eat so timidly? You can't eat with your big chest. You can't... Even, like, when you go on dates and stuff, and it, you know that sometimes the guy's going to pay, but you're like, let me just eat within my money, because mm-hmm. you never know. You never really know what the results will be. And it's but, just... Yeah. It's a bit more awkward than with friends, because yeah. it's like, again, people aren't saying their salaries. People no. aren't necessarily saying... I'm paying to be here. I'm not being compensated at all. Like yeah. you don't feel necessarily comfortable sharing that with the whole room. Yeah. In order to justify X, Y, and Z about why you can't pay the full, like you can't pay the equal contribution. Yeah. That you need to just pay for what you what you. Yeah. Or sometimes you can't go. <laughs> sometimes you can't go. Sometimes you can't go. I don't like. I remember work. They used to do this football thing every single Monday. And everyone would go. And I'm one of these people. I'm so honest with myself. <laughs> I mean, I may not be always honest with other people, but I'm so honest with myself. I was like, I'm not going. They couldn't convince me to go otherwise. Like, oh, but it's team build. I was like, I don't care. Like, I don't need to go football to team build. I can team build. I don't want to play football. It's cold outside. I don't want you guys to kick me. Frankly, I don't want to run. Like, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I wanted the jersey because why not? Um, but I just never wanted to participate in all of those team building exercises. I don't know why they do it, but yeah. But yeah, there's a lot to learn about. It's basically like a friendship group that it's like, it's like being in school again. Yeah. Where you are around these people all the time. I feel like you can make friends with them or you can't. And again, it's a lot of luck. Yeah. A lot of luck around personalities that you gel with, but event, it's just, you just, it, because it's work, you just have to get on with it. You have to get on with it. Yeah. I've been very, very lucky that I've literally not come across vindictive people or like mm. mean people, mean spirited people. I've yeah. been very, very lucky because in the industry, not even just in the industry that I work in, everyone. they're everywhere. Yeah. They're so, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been blessed as well. I haven't seen anything that I thought, well, let's not talk too far but I haven't been through something that I thought was so tragic like it's been really eye-opening experience I guess speaking of the of the socializing there's a particular festive season oh goodness Christmas that is like period. peak that's peak 
peak socializing. That's when, like, with our group, we had obviously the whole company um, Christmas party, and then we had our little team Christmas party, like,、mm. and like obviously then there's like your secret Santas and all of these things, and it's like have fun, but please also behave because you are still an employee. Yeah, people forget that Christmas parties, people are cheating on their wives, women are cheating on their husbands. People are kissing the guy that they, you know, have a slight look of, and they blame it on the alcohol. But sis knew what she was doing. <laughs> mm-hmm.、Um, that was、yeah. so specific. You were really calling someone out. Oh, if they think it's them, enter the shoe and walk in it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Christmas period and like the festive season brings out a completely different side of your colleagues,、uh, especially at Christmas parties. How was your Christmas party? <laughs> My Christmas party was like we, well, our smaller team one was fun. It was the dinner. It's one of those things where you can sometimes complain about the circumstance, but I'm like, if you didn't organize it, shut up. Yeah. So I'm like, while I was like, oh, you know, I didn't get to warm up and I didn't get to sing this karaoke song that I wanted. <laughs> did I organize karaoke? No, no I didn't. No. A wonderful person did. So,、yeah. <laughs> and it was. It's nice to see the team. Bond and just be disarmed and like play yeah, stupid games stupid and games. get to like, it's it's like the end of school when you're in when you're in high school yeah and it's like everyone is like we're about to go on holiday、mm. easy breezy let's all just play about act like we're not colleagues and it's a it's an interesting time of the year because you know with Secret Santa you like get to know people a little bit more um like gift giving and stuff. And then you have like your Christmas dinner, and then people get drunk, and then your bosses get a bit too comfortable with you, and they start telling you things that you really shouldn't know. <laughs> But I think it's a time of the year that just causes so much stress. Like I remember this year, my mum was just so stressed about her Christmas party because they were doing like a potluck type of thing, and she had to like bring jollof. Oh, you were there when she called me <laughs> to bring jollof fries, and she was stressing me out so much because she wanted to impress her colleagues, and I was just like. Oh my goodness! It's one day, and you guys are about to like lose everything over this one day, and I don't understand the. I understand the pressure, but at the same time, I don't because it's it's just one day. You're gonna see these people again the next day anyway, and they probably won't remember this day. But yeah, no, I don't get it. <laughs> it just heightens everybody's characters. Yeah, it's like them, but like times a thousand.、Mm, and the drinking does not help. <laughs> the drinking does not help. That's the thing. I, as in, like, I saw something a little bit salacious at our Christmas party, but nothing, nothing to write home about. You know,、mm. I've like just just the stories, the whispers that you hear about people like the having、Chinese、affairs whispers. and、oh、like doing crazy things. People do drugs in the toilet. I didn't see that. Yeah, it was pretty chill and like quite tame. I think those type of things happen at bigger companies、mm. where you know this person from floor ten has been eyeing this lady from floor five, but didn't know that that lady was married and she got drunk and they kissed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens. The Christmas parties are fun. What did you get from your Secret Santa this year? Um. Okay, I have to explain it. Basically, there's this guy in our office, and、uh, you know how I've probably already mentioned that I don't like having my time wasted. Yeah, which is hard to deal with as an assistant because being an assistant is about having your time wasted <laughs> all the time, literally. Yeah. So he basically was having a meeting. We, we were about to have a conference, and we were going to be put in small groups, a number of small groups. So he basically went through and was telling us the groups. So saying, he was saying, Vivian, you're going to be in a group with Genevieve. 
Petrov, Michael, Vi- like Vivietta, mm-hmm. and you, Leah, you're going to be in a group with, with X, Y, Z person, B person, Z person, and then like told us multiple groups. But by the time that he got to the last group, people were like, what group was I in again? And I said, um, hey, um, Tom, maybe you should just email it. Yeah. And everyone just burst out laughing. And then this guy was like, yeah, Tom, why are you wasting everybody's time, Tom? Do what Leah says and you just email everybody instead of... <laughs> and, like, made a thing of it. So, basically, the, the gift that I got was a mug that says, um, yeah, Tom, just email it. Wow. The shade is real. <laughs> I don't mean to be shady. The shade I really is real. don't. The shade is real. We know you're kind. <laughs> I just was like, this is the most efficient. I was like, Tom, you're even wasting your own time. Yeah. Because it's just the most, I said, even just print it out, even if it's going to change. So everyone just sees it. And that way I'm like, I'm about wasting the least amount of time for everyone across the board. Mm. Let's be efficient, please. Mm. Yeah. What did I get for my secret center? Last, because I didn't do a secret center this year, but last year I got toilet darts. Which is oh no no I made an announcement in the office I said nobody try and be funny with me this one worked but I said any of these game things that I said I said no 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 don't try and make me laugh give me something that I like that mug came with um with Lindor truffles in there as it should as it should okay he got me toilet dart I think it was a guy because I was the only girl it was part of like my master's research group and. I was so disgusted. It's when you know that someone just has not made an effort to get to know you. Did you just go, literally, did you just go into the, it's a tiger because I know it was from tiger. So you just went into tiger and you, you saw the biggest thing there, you got it and you thought this would be great for fit. It's like, did you even care that I'm a woman? Like, do you even care? Why couldn't you just get me a nail polish set? You got me fucking toilet dart. What am I going to do with toilet dart? Am I going to go in the toilet and put up a fucking dart and play with it in the toilet? It literally says on there, it's for five to ten-year-olds. I was 22 at the time. No respect. It's times like this where I'm just like, especially when you put in loads of effort. Like, I I really, really enjoy the process of gift giving. With my... So I got my... um, I don't think you'll ever listen to this. I got my supervisor... And he's always, like, playing with stuff in his office. So I got him, like, a bowling alley. Like, a miniature bowling alley. So he could just, like, play with it. So he has something to play with. I thought that was a great gift. Because you can play with it in work. And you can, like, invite people over and do that with them. And then other people got, like, a hat. So one of my my colleagues, he played Fortnite all the time. So he got a hat that said Fortnite on it. Um, And then somebody else got something. I think he got, like, a jumper. And he gave me toilet. I didn't even find it. I didn't laugh. I was just like, whoever gave me this gift can take it back. <laughs> oh, I was really shady about it. And then they like wanted to go out and party more. And I was just like, I'm going home. Oh, no. There's a work, Ugh, honestly, work secret center. This is the previous place where I was. I, we had, this one we even wrote, wrote clues. In my clue, I said, I want a watercolor set. Mm. I want a watercolor set. set. Go to Amazon, go to eBay, go to the Google and type in watercolor set. <laughs> what did I get? I got this random book that had old paintings from like museums and some of the paintings had no color in them so that you could color them in. I said, sir, you've missed the concept. I put it in the bin. I recycled it. <laughs> What am I going to do with this? I'm, like, I'm not I, five years old. I was so clear. 
I had to buy my own watercolour set. Imagine when you had Secret Santa and you were so clear. I literally wrote it down. I was livid. And it just made... Those people, they just don't care. They're just like, oh, I have this old book at home. She said something about colouring. I'll give her this book. Because you can't have thought that that was a thoughtful gift. It wasn't. <laughs> it was a £10 limit. I'm like, I've seen watercolour sets in Tiger for £5 They're at so most. Cheap. They're so cheap. They're so cheap. I was really upset because I'm actually... I, I'm trying to think when I worked at my small company, did I get anything for Secret Santa? I don't remember. I don't think I got... Probably, oh, they got me a Kim Kardashian rule book. Oh, do you remember that book? It's a phrase book or something. It was a phrase book and it's like all the phrases that Kim Kardashian says. And I was just like, this person doesn't know me. Or is it that I portray a different me? Because I'm not a Kim Kardashian enthusiast, (laughs) I wouldn't think. But maybe at work, all I speak about are the Kardashians because I feel like everybody can talk about the Kardashians. I don't know. And then she got me this beautiful Lush Bum. So that was really cute. I still haven't used it. I feel like bath sets are the gift that you get someone when you're trying, but you don't know what to get them. Yeah. Yeah. My mum has re-gifted many a bath gift set. Yeah. Bath gifts. I'm not very good at gift giving. I'll be honest. I'm learning from my friends, but I'm not very good at gift giving. Oh, as in like for Secret Santa this year, I got this girl and I basically paid attention to the snacks that she ate in the office. Mm. So I went to M&S and I got her the cheese puffs that she liked. I got her, they have these, we got these multi-packs of chocolate biscuits and they sold the individual one that she liked, like in a box. So I got a box of that. So that was what, two pounds? Like our, our limit, I, our limit was actually 10 pounds, but I thought it was 15 because mm. it was initially 20, went down 15. And then I was away when it got brought down to 10. 10. And then I um I saw this picture on another colleague's phone of a party that she and other colleagues went to. Mm. And I was like, that's a great picture. Can you send it to me? So I went to Boots, printed out the individual pictures, went to Poundland, bought a frame. And I like, I printed out multiple copies of the pictures. Mm. Like I think four copies, one in colour, one in black and white. Like no, two in colour, two in black and white. And I doodled on one of the colour ones, one of the black and white ones. I like drew antlers and like drew like different Christmassy things and like drew like moustache and stuff on people's photos. And I put it, I put them all in the frame. That was one gift. And then I was like, what else did I get? Oh, and she she went to a writing class and she really, really loved it. And she said that the thing that she loved the most about the writing class was that everyone was so supportive and there was this general atmosphere of that we will all rise together. Mm -hmm. So I found out that the actual phrase that that comes from is, I think, like, the rising tide rises all. So I found the phrase and I bought the notebook and I put the phrase on a post-it note on the notebook and I wrapped it up and that was the gift. Wow. Yeah, you see, I'm I'm not that good at giving gifts. I just, I don't think that deep into, like, I remember everything. Like, I remember everything you and I have ever spoken about. If you say something, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when we spoke about that. But I don't think, I don't think of it enough to put it into a gift for you. Like, if I see something, I'm like, oh, Leah would enjoy that. I would buy it. But I wouldn't think of, like, a, I don't know. See, I think yeah. that there's so many times that I've gotten stuff that I've just not used. Mm. So I was like, I want um, them to be able to eat eat it and enjoy it. Yeah. I want them to be able to use it because it's something that they've said that they... Something along the lines of, like, if they're, I don't know, a banker. I don't know, get them a calculator. I don't know, something that they're going to use. To use, yeah. And, um... And then just something like a little something to be like, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I think that's what Secret Santa is supposed to be. I think you can't go wrong with a hamper of their favourite snacks. 
No, you can't. And you can see the snacks that they bring in. You can see the snacks. When someone put, brings in snacks into the office, you can see what they always go for. Yeah. If you pay attention. <laughs> yeah. I don't pay attention to those things. <laughs> I'm not very attentive. <laughs> you are. You're very, very attentive in the amount of time that you give people. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, see ya! But then you remember things. You're like, <laughs> oh, Viv talks about this and this I'm gonna get her that I'm like how the hell does she remember to get me this whereas I'm like always there like oh tell me about this and tell me about that so, See, so, so your love different language types of gift. your love language it seems is like the actual time that you give people whereas yeah. I'm like I'm not gonna give you much of my time I'm just letting you know that now yeah here's a nice gift here's a nice <laughs> gift though that shows that I care about you so I guess it works both ways yeah one thing that will happen when you are working a job is that you may either be looking for another opportunity. Basically, dissatisfaction will set in. 100%. Sometimes it's because you realise that the job that you're doing is not what you want to do at all. Sometimes you have just outgrown the position. Mm. I find that when you first start a job, it takes 100% of your energy to do the job. And then slowly you take it down to 90 to 80 to something. And then it got to the point with my last job that I was doing it with 15% of my energy. Yeah. Like I was giving 15% to the job. Yeah. The rest of the time I was like, mind elsewhere. Yeah. And that's the time that you know to start taking on extra responsibilities. That's when you start asking for, oh, can I try this? Can I try that? And then that takes you back up to like 60, 70, 80% of your energy. Yeah. But then eventually you master that as well. And then you get back down to dwindling amounts of concentrate, like dwindling amounts of mental energy to do the job. Mm. And that's when you need to apply for other positions. Other positions. Yeah, 100%. I felt I could feel it. When I started to go down, I don't know if it's the same for you, mm. but I could feel it that I wasn't working to my full potential and I hated it. I hated not being very, very, very hard working. But I guess my saving grace was that I was going back to uni. So I just kept looking forward to the fact that, don't worry, Viv, you're leaving, you're leaving, you're leaving, you're leaving. But what is the process like when you're at work and then you're still looking for other jobs, actively like trying to leave? What does that look like? See, I don't think that I necessarily went about it the right way. Okay. As in, in the end, it doesn't seem like I made my dissatisfaction as obvious as I thought it was. Okay. But then again, it's because people aren't paying as much attention to you. People don't pay attention. You think they are. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're not looking, but like in in the general rule, people aren't really paying that much attention to you. Mm. So I thought it was obvious in the way that I breathed, in the way that I entered in the room. I was bad. I was naughty, but nobody ever brought me up on this. Our work technically started at 9.30. I would come in at 10 a.m. <laughs> Isn't You notice it the fact that it takes longer and longer for you to get out of bed, longer and longer for you to leave and go to work. Yeah. The same amount of time that you've had to sleep, your body is just saying, nope, don't go there. Don't go, what are you going in for anyway? Yeah. So it was basically like nine months of me trying to leave the job mm-hmm. as in applying for other job being rejected 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 like got so many rejections because i kept trying to move like sideways and up and along and up and up and like into different com- i was willing to move anywhere i was like yeah i'll move to manchester yeah i'll move to leeds yeah i'll move, I'll move to glasgow mm-hmm. like i just wanted out yeah and this, it wasn't because the team was bad the team was really really good it was such a nice team to have landed in and then you go and see other teams and you're like, not the one that I'm, like, I feel like the company that I work in is basically a no bullshit place. Yeah. You really can't be a dick and thrive. Right. <laughs> like, it's not really, it's it's very hard to be a dick and thrive in, in the company that I work in. 
but I just, I just felt so dissatisfied. I yeah. knew that I didn't want to be there. Yeah. And I could feel it. And I felt myself, I felt like I was showing it to other people. To other people. Even if they so didn't, unhappy. Mm, even yeah. if they didn't necessarily pick up on it. But I would like confide in a friend that was applying to other things. And then eventually there's one job that I applied for that I was pretty sure that I was going to get. And I told my land manager, I said, just so you know, I'm giving you a heads up. I'm applying for this position. At that point, I had a new um, a new producer come in who was my immediate boss. I didn't tell her because she was new. And I went, I did my interview. I came back when I found out I got the role. That's when I went back to the line manager who I already told about the interview beforehand. Mm -hmm. She said, yes, you have my blessing. Go ahead. I told her that I got the job. I told, I then handed in, um, I didn't even have to hand in a notice because it was within the internal company. The line producer was like, yeah, I'll take care of it. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And then I told my new immediate boss and she said, okay, cool. And you just work out the rest of your notice, which for me was, I think, four weeks. Mm. But I had some, I had a good chunk of leave left. I knew that I wanted out, but I wouldn't let myself take holiday because I knew that I would need the holiday when I left. Because that way I could give myself a break between the one job and the next. And I knew that I was going to need that break. So even though I needed that break in the moment, because I was like, I need to be out of here. Yeah. I didn't let myself take it just to prepare for... That way I got a nice cushion. Like, before I left Cardiff, it was like a... It was at, like, the end of the summer. I was like, this has been great. Um, I finished work, managed to finally pass my driving test, and then it was like, cool, I have a week and a half where I can move in peace. And then in the end, I had, like, a week where I could just relax, settle back in in London, and then be like, okay, you're starting a new job. Yeah. Oof, tough. I feel like the advice that I would give to someone who's dissatisfied with their job yeah. is if you are able to pinpoint what it is that you're dissatisfied about, take it to a manager. Because for me in particular, the reason why I had to leave was because I had tried the roles above mine. I had tried the roles sideways from mine and I didn't enjoy them. And I knew that the only way to progress on this particular production that I was working on was to go through those roles. So one of the people who was um, above me and who, and like she basically said, the only way to thrive in this production is to go through those roles. If you want to go without them, you would probably have to leave and try a different production company. Mm-hmm. That may not necessarily be the case for you. You might be able to thrive within the company that you're working in. So speak to a manager, let them know, because if you don't tell them that you, what you want, they won't be able to help you. They won't be yeah. able to guide you and offer you experience or even like at the very least they can offer you the chance to do that work on the side so that you can put it on your cv mm-hmm. so that you can apply for something elsewhere if there's no position open at the company that you're at a hundred percent and if you have spoken to them and there's still no progress which was the case for me where i'd i'd spoken to them months prior about my role not that i was necessarily unhappy but i had got into a position where i knew everything and knowing everything and being comfortable in knowing everything is different for different people. So for me, it was just, I felt stunted in my growth. So I told them, I was actually very specific about what I would like to do. I would like to get into more of this. I would like to get into more of that. I would like to da 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 da, da And it just never happened. And I know the reason why it never happened. And that's why I knew that I could not go back there or that I had to leave but it is very important to say it 
because if you don't say it then you don't know what your next step would be or what you were unnecessarily unhappy about and one thing that I always advise for anyone in any role in any industry have goals for your role before you start in any role have kind of an idea of what you would like to achieve I know I'm not into new year's resolutions for people who listened to the episode before but I'm a big big advocate for going into a role knowing exactly what you would like to achieve and once you've kind of achieved those goals in your head or in your heart or somewhere then you can kind of start to think about other things that maybe you didn't think of prior to going into the role maybe you didn't evaluate prior to going into the role and then you're like watching people be observant what are other people doing how do they get to where they are and speaking to them and seeing are there other goals that I can achieve in my role because it's so easy to feel like your job is very mundane and it's the same thing every single day so if you don't have something you're working towards internally because of course the company has goals and there are things that you have to do in your role I'm not sure how it works for an assistant if it's the same thing but there are things that you're constantly having to do and if you're not working towards anything it can feel very stagnant and then you don't really know where to go from there because you didn't really have a starting point it's really helped me in the past having an idea of what I wanted to achieve with a certain role because I don't think there's anything wrong with using a job to achieve a certain skill like okay I'm gonna go work in a call center because I want to be able to be really good at talking to people or have brilliant phone skills or be able to write really really good emails I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you know that way you don't feel stuck in a role because then you can move on to the next thing and figure it out there as well and I feel like the thing is though this is just the drops of wisdom that we have from the very very start of our career literally we don't we haven't even done much so there's still a lot to learn and this is still like the whole nine to five career like there's people who are working freelance like I feel like in the future I either want a freelance or I want a very flexible working I want to be my own boss yeah because I came in and I I entered the working world and I realized nope I don't want to help someone else pursue their dreams. I just realised that I want to be able to control my workload. Mm. I um, I respond to my effort reaching a reward. Yeah. So not just salary. I, I want to be able to be the kind of person who gets projects. I've secured this project. I work through this project. I get the reward from the project. Right. That's the kind of way that my, my brain, like the reward system that I like. I like managing my time. I like free time. I like... Yeah all of that and it's just that that's still a blank space in the future of just stuff that we're that I'm working towards yeah and we'll we'll cross so many bridges in trying to get to that ideal workspace because nine to five for some people is amazing because they go to do their nine to five they get paid and then they go about their business they enjoy their weekends but for some people for me especially it felt like I was living for the weekend and that's not motivating in any way, shape or form. Same. Yeah. But I did speak to one of my bosses. Mm. And this was a time when I was feeling a bit, like feeling quite low about my job. And I said, do you actually enjoy the job? Yeah. And she says, yeah, it's okay. And I said, I asked her, I was like, how much happiness are you supposed to get from your job? Yeah. Because it is such a huge part of your day. Yeah. And she basically, I can't remember her exact answer, but she basically said, it shouldn't be that much. <laughs> right. As in, she said that if she hated the job, then she would stop and she wouldn't come back. Mm. But 
your main happiness shouldn't come from your job. A hundred percent. Well, obviously this depends on you as a person. Yeah. And there's certain jobs that will fulfill, there's certain jobs that won't. I have decided that me as an assistant, my happiness does not come from my job. No. And to an extent, it shouldn't. Your your whole happiness shouldn't come from your job. So when I think about like being happy in my job, I don't really know what that means. I think I'm content with my job and I'm happy with my progress in my job. But being happy in a role, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know how to quantify my happiness in my job. But I definitely know when I'm unhappy and when I'm unfulfilled and when it's time to move on. And I think a lot of people, maybe you just get to a point where you're just coasting, where you're like, mm. this isn't that bad. This is enough to like pay my bills. I have other worries. I have other things to think about. And this is enough for me to just come in nine to five and go about my business. Maybe, maybe you get to that point. I feel like I'm already at that point now. Yeah. So I have like eight or so months left on my contract. Mm. So I said to my boss in a meeting, I was just like, I know that at the end of my contract, I don't want to be an assistant anymore. Right. This is the thing. I'm still not 100% sure on what direction it is that I want to go in afterwards. I spoke to one of the writers and he was basically like, whatever you do, just make the most of the opportunities that you have now. Try everything. Yeah. And even if you rule everything out, then at least you ruled out. Everything out. Because yeah. at the at the production I worked at before, I tried everything at my disposal and I found a taste of something that I wanted, which was story. So I moved to this production and I ruled out the other things. I know for a fact I don't want to be an assistant script editor. I know for a fact I don't want to be a researcher. Came to this production and I'm like, okay. I know that assistant admin work is not for me. That's not something that I can do long-term. There are some people whose brains thrive on that. So there's some people who are career secretaries, that are career organisers and facilitators for other people. Mm. And they thrive in that. And I just knew, nope. I was like, at the end of my eight months, I'm going to try everything out. Like, I'm going to really sink my teeth in the new year, really, really sink my teeth into the department and try everything else. And that way, if I try everything else and I hate it, I know for a fact and I will be out. And if I do find something and I love it, then I will pursue that with my might until I get bored of it again. Until I go, have to be propelled onto the next step after that. Yeah, that's such great advice because you have a lot at your disposal in terms of the different roles that are available. Um, Yeah, do it. You have nothing to lose. And just work-life balance, guys. It's all just, like... We were having this um, other thing at work where we were going around the table and people were... This was at our Christmas party. People were saying the highlights of their year. And, like, let's say four or five out of the seven people in the group said that the highlight of the year was getting their job. Wow. Friend of our exec was there. But I was just... I remember just being like, guys, are you serious? Mm. Like... There are other things in the, life. There are yeah. other things in life. And I feel yeah. like that, that that's the thing that made me question, um, is it that I just don't love the job as much? Or mm. is it that I don't love the journey or, or the production that we're on as much? Mm. And I think it's just that I'm at the position, like at my level now, like I can only get so much passion and joy and love from organising a conference. Yeah, 100%. Like that passion comes at a later stage yeah. and you have to bide your time until you get there. Until you get there, yeah. 100%. But then at the same time, I'm like, also also your friendships also your family also books also food also i'm like yeah there is a lot more to life than working and that work-life balance i don't know if i'll i think i'll master it 
once once I have a proper job again. But when I was working before, I really liked my work life balance. And that's why I can I can understand people who stay in roles that they hate because they're like, it doesn't matter. I still have my life. I don't, this isn't my life. Like my work isn't my life. It's just something I have to do during the day and then I can go home and do whatever I want to do. I sometimes think about that. Like sometimes I'm just like, if I'm going to be unhappy, why don't I be unhappy in a well-paid job? That's the thing. Yeah. But then I just know that it's like, the thing that keeps me coming back is that every month or every now and then I get a glimpse of the fact that I'm in the right direction. Yeah. And it's like, you keep going and those glimpses get a bit more and a bit more, but you also have to remember the fact that it's a job. Your dream job. job is a job. Yeah. Don't do what you love. You'll hate what you love. I'm not even necessarily saying that. I'm just saying yeah. brace yourself. It's a job. It's a job. It's a job. And, and your yeah. your happiness shouldn't all come from a job. No. Oh, working. We've learned so much and we're still so young. Like, although you hate your role, like you don't hate your role, but you're yearning for something. Yearning for something more and doing more. I think that's such a good thing because it can only lead you closer to this goal or this career that you really want. And it's a propellant as well to keep going, to keep going, to keep trying something new because the moment you stop trying is, you know, you stop seeing what the real world is about and what you actually want to do. So, And guys, not all of your career development has to come from work. No. As in take up hobbies. A hundred percent. all you know, a hobby will end up being a career. Yeah. Like, just keep your... Like, keep just going in the direction of what lights your brain up. Yeah. And what makes you feel happy. Yeah. And don't be shy to try new things. If there is something out there that is completely out of your field, but you've always thought, oh, that could be interesting. Take up a class. There are so many free classes, so many um, events that you can attend. There are so many things out there that you can try and do and see where it leads you. And online resources and like... So many online resources. Literally just Google it. Yeah. Google how do I do X, Y, Z. Yeah, literally. I know LinkedIn Learning, they have like, obviously that's a little bit more professional, but there's so many resources out there to facilitate your growth in different areas that you would like to be better in or to even just learn as a... I learned how to ride a bike this year. Ooh! Like... At 23 years old, I learned how to ride a bike and I learned how to ride a bike for free. So if I can learn how to ride a bike at 23, you can learn how to do anything at whatever age you decide. So, yeah. Guys, we're just at the very beginning. Like, we're going to change careers, they say, on average seven times in our lifetimes. Yeah. Some of the jobs that we are going to have in the future haven't been invented yet. Mm. Relax. Enjoy. Enjoy the journey enjoy the job and don't look too much to those people who are like oh, i love my job or i'm earning this amount of money or i'm doing this or i'm doing that filter out the noise it's it's a balancing act yeah. between how much you get paid what your commute is how much you're able to have your real life like how much you actually enjoy your job it's, it's a balancing it's a act. lot that goes into enjoying not even work but just enjoying life working do your own thing and do what makes you happy whatever that is i hate the word happy because happy is such a fleeting emotion but do what makes you feel good yeah or content or content and, and like yeah it makes you feel like i'm doing something right if you feel like you're doing something right then you probably are in whatever whatever that means to to you guys 
I love it. <laughs> I'm still so sad that I'm going to have to work for the rest of my life. Like, on my pension paper, it shows my retirement age. Your retirement age, age and you're like... Well, like, the retirement year, and it's will like... Will I get there? What? It's mad. By the time mad. that we get there, it's going to be... We're retiring at 75. Probably. The Probably. way that it keeps going up. Yeah. I hope I can retire early if I reach financial freedom. Status. Oh, I'm going to retire early. Yeah. And then I'm just going to pick projects that make my heart sing. <laughs> I'll have to book in an appointment to see you. <laughs> but I'll send you a good gift. <laughs> I have that to rely on. Um, Guys, thank you so, so much for listening. <laughs> this has been, you know, a good episode, I think, of just breaking down everything. Um, if you have, like, your own two pence about working and your experience in different areas, trust me, we've probably been there, done that when it comes to, like, casual stuff. But, yeah, just, like, your advice for us moving forward and some of the interesting things that you've learned along the way um, in the world of work please let us know I have been Leah and I have been Vivian and we will see you next week thank you bye Bye. before we forget you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at r2pence that's o-u-r the number two p-e-n-c-e on both Instagram and Twitter see you next week guys bye